Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The United Nations Climate Change Conference wrapped up a historic last-minute agreement on Wednesday. Nearly 200 countries agreed to curb the use of fossil fuels, but some say the deal still falls short and comes 30 years too late. To recap, the two-week conference was fraught with tense negotiations between oil-rich countries, like its host, the United Arab Emirates, and demands that the world's largest emitters move quickly to prevent the worst impacts of climate change. Two realities ultimately shaped the final deal. The planet is faced with a looming climate crisis and that the world economy still remains heavily reliant on fossil fuels. So today, we chat with Politico's Zach Coleman and Sarah Schoenhart from Politico's e News about how COP28 made historic progress, but the world still can't quit oil. It's Thursday, December 14th. It was a historic deal because it was the first to actually put into the text that we're going to accelerate away from fossil fuels. It might sound hard to believe, but this whole process is kind of avoided mentioning the actual cause of climate change. It was only in Glasgow in 2021 where we first actually had any mention of a fossil fuel in a COP decision text. So we're, we're moving beyond that now to fossil fuels. And it was pretty significant to have a strong call to move away from fossil fuels. And so, Sarah, at the same time, some say this climate agreement falls short of what the world needs to do to slow down climate change. So what are some of the criticisms of this deal? So I think there were a lot of expectations put on the language around energy and how quickly countries would agree to move away from fossil fuels. Initially, there were hopes, particularly among climate vulnerable countries, that countries would be able to strike a deal on a phase out. And I think it became increasingly apparent as talks went on that that just wasn't acceptable to many countries, particularly because the language around finance that would help with that transition was really quite weak. So on the energy side, I think there were concerns over some of the language that puts an emphasis on technologies. The the island nations, for example, pointed out language around carbon capture and storage and concerns that that could allow for continued emissions. There are also concerns that it points to a transition around the energy sector, but it doesn't go beyond the energy sector. So I think those were concerns for energy. And then I think on finance, again, there wasn't an emphasis on getting developed countries really to commit to put more money to help countries transition and some harder sort of timelines and pathways to actually achieving some of the the hoped-for targets weren't included in the final deal. So was this deal ultimately something the United States and President Joe Biden wanted? Or where exactly does the Biden administration stand on this? Look, you don't sign off on a deal as the U.S. unless it's something you can live with. They were telegraphing pretty early on that they didn't have to go for the phase-out, phase-down language. And that was kind of the big item here at the COP. There were a lot of nations that wanted the most ambitious language, which was a phase out of fossil fuels by 2050. The European Union was on that bandwagon, but the Biden administration was never 
really driving at the front edge of that. So this is certainly something they can live with. It aligns with the way they message domestically on getting to net zero, unabated fossil fuels by 2050. So this is certainly something they can champion back home as living up to climate ideals while also preserving a space for workers in the fossil fuel industry. So where do international climate negotiations go from here? You know, one observer told me today that whether or not this deal is good or bad will really depend on what happens over the next year. So I think while there's a lot of praise for this being a historic moment, it's really up to countries to use the next year to start reflecting on what's in this text and this agreement and start drafting new climate targets and new goals. Next year, the COP will be in Azerbaijan and that was decided rather last minute here. I think it'll be an an interesting COP given the location, but it's also a really important COP for finance. It's where countries will need to decide a new goal for finance targets. And then the following year, it's already been decided the COP will be in Brazil, which wants to host it on the edges of the, the Amazon, which will make it a very unique COP. And that that summit will be particularly notable because that's when countries will need to have delivered on their next round of 10-year climate targets. So definitely a lot of work remains over the next few years. And I think that the outcomes of today and the successes of these talks will really be showcased over the work that countries do in the two years ahead. Also, a new report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation warned that the United States could face potential energy shortfalls in the next decade. NERC said Wednesday the country could see severe reliability problems if new resources are not brought online quickly enough to meet rising demand as fossil fuel plants retire. One bright spot. NERC expects to see more than 18,000 miles of new transmission projects by 2030. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.